Okay, starting off, we're going to start with, um, we're going to start with, unfortunately, uh, one of our debaters uh, had an emergency thing come up, and so I'm going to stand, sit in their steed, in their stead, stead, right, because steed is like a wee, right? Okay, so, all right, first up is, should Christians get tattoos, okay? And up to debate against Christians getting tattoos is Justin. So give it up for Justin. All right, Justin, you can grab a seat. All right, and then uh, pro will be me. Um, pro Christians should get tattoos. So I'm going to be Christians should get tattoos. Because I sent something on Facebook, but I didn't get any response. And, and I don't want to be like a last minute type thing, say, hey, who wants to take it? But is there anyone that's brave enough to want to take this on the spot to be for? No. Um, is there anyone else? I love you, Sean, but okay, no. Is there an- oh, Gregory? Oh, <laughs> uh, classic. Classic. Okay. So, here's what we're, we're we're behind. So this is what we're gonna do. When you come up, you're gonna give your full presentation, okay? So, so um, uh, Dorothy and Amber, when you guys, when you ladies come up, shh. When you when when you when you when you ladies come up, you're gonna give your full presentation. Um, you you know, and and then while someone else is taking giving their presentation, you know, make sure to take your notes type thing. Because then after that you'll have an opportunity to rebut what um, your opponent uh, said, okay? And then and then after that, um, what we'll do, just real quick, just a general consensus on, and you audience would just, you know, raise a hand of who, you, who you're more swayed towards uh, for their presentation type thing, okay? And, all right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin. And um, so, okay, here we go. This is my presentation. Towards should Christians get tattoos? Should I just use this or just use what I got? Okay. All right. I would like to start off with why I believe Christians today are permissible to have tattoos. Many in opposition to Christians getting tattoos would refer to the Levitical instruction given by God to the people of Israel to refrain from cutting and marking their bodies. As it stated in Leviticus 19.28, it says this, You shall not make any cuts in your body for the dead, nor any tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. Now, is this a direct instruction from God? It is. However, as in many cases in Scripture, one must look at its context to derive its true applicative meaning. Okay? Because... Because, because if you look at the previous verses in verse 26 and 27, you will see that there are direct instructions of God in the area of what should be eaten and the way it should be consumed and the proper cosmetology care of your hair. In Leviticus 19, 26, 27, it says this, 
Do not eat meat. And this is from the New Living Translation. It says, do not eat meat that has not been drained of its blood. Do not practice fortune telling or witchcraft. Do not trim off your hair or on your temples or trim your beards. Now, Christians today, many of them eat food that has not been drained of blood. And as a matter of fact, some prefer their meat of choice to be rare in preparation. And let's not get into the haircut aspect, which is the norm. Some Christian households even prefer their family members to trim their hair and would raise great opposition if they refuse. So, with this premise of defense in mind, are those Christians then breaking the Levitical law today? Or was that just in reference to the context of what God was giving to the people of Israel so that they will be separate from the pagans living in their time, practicing those very same actions. So, I'm sure my opponent will in some fashion present this defense. But I find it inconclusive and inapplicable to this context and day and age. However, God still wants his people to be distinguished from the unsaved world. I know. But thus, my response as a proponent to Christians getting tattoos is based upon the reasoning and design distinction of their choice tattoo. The reasoning. If there was a significant life experience, the Christian individual endured such as, let's say, a death of a loved one, their personal conversion experience, a spiritual growth insight by a specific enlightenment of scripture, then they would wish to record as a permanent mark that they, can, that they can remember and may choose to do a tattoo to reference this event or this experience on their body. So sometimes you will see people either have a face uh, on their arms or they will have like a verse on their arms or somewhere else on their body because they want to remember this uh, event in their lives. And then lastly, a design. Some Christians would tattoo the popular fish, what they call the Jesus fish, the if this. And English, what that translates is Jesus Christ, God's Son, Savior. And you see that a lot on their wrists, on their toes, on their fingers, on their ankles, okay? As a public declaration of their faith and belief. So, should Christians get tattoos? I emphatically say yes. If they, if they, if they are getting a tattoo, that represents a meaningful experience in their life, or they are getting a tattoo that declares who they are and what their belief in Jesus is, then I am pro-Christians getting tattoos. Thank you. Well, first of all, I rebel against it. Okay, then. If God wanted you to have any markings on your body, like, people get, uh, might get, like, Bible verses. If he wanted you there, you would have been born with it one time. As he, as he, as he said, people get, like, tattoos of relatives and stuff who passed away. But even if they passed away, you're not supposed to put tattoos on your body because you should be able to remember them. Because if they were really important, you wouldn't have to get any tattoos for that.
Well, he already read Leviticus 19:28, so I shall read it. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. Oh, sorry. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you are from God, and that, that you are not your own? For you have been brought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. Meaning that actually your body is not, not yours, it's God's. And you, you catch me, right? So, one time. I don't think you should get any markings on your body. Can I get an amen? Okay. 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 Uh, during the next, during the next, during the next uh, 30 seconds, because of time, uh, we're going to just uh, uh, regroup, rebuttal what each other presented. Um, if there's any questions or things that uh, we want to um, question, we're going to do that. So in the next 30 seconds, we'll do that. I'll come up, I'll give my rebuttal, and then after that, Justin will give his, and then you guys will decide. Okay, so 30 seconds. Justin's, um, um, Justin's, um, I, I must say, well, well presented and, and energy filled uh, presentation. So, Justin, my only, my only rebuttal to you is you, you reference First Corinthians because what I'm going back to this is again that I believe so many people use scripture and they throw it out and, and for, the, for them to make a defense of something. But again, I want to get into the context, okay, again. So you reference First Corinthians six nineteen, uh, which said, "Or do you not know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you?" All right. But verse eighteen, before that, talks about how you are to flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. And and the, and the context there uh, is not relating to whether you should mark your body or you should cut your body, um, but dealing with immorality um, and not about tattoos okay so as I said before contextually I believe that in this day and age there's nothing uh, conclusive that says Christians should not get tattoos that's my rebuttal so now Justin do you have your have your, <laughs> 
I don't know if anything. All right. Is this on? Well, I don't know if anything. Okay. okay. So my, my worthy opponent said he doesn't have anything to rebut against my, my presentation. So, audience, from what has been presented, what say you? Justin? 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 All right. All right. Time, time. Michelot? Justin? All right. All right. So, Justin wins that presentation on Christians should not get tattoos. Coming now to the stage, give it up for Amber and Dorothy. All right, now, since I'm now officially Depending on time, since I'm now officially a moderator, if there is time, if there are time, if there is time permitting, I may ask questions to each debater after they have presented their um, first presentation. Okay. All right. So let's give it up. Oh, let's listen up. Has anyone in here had a boyfriend or girlfriend before? <laughs> Okay, okay. Let's take a trip down memory lane. Alright, hey. Let's take a trip down memory lane. Picture it. 10, maybe 20 years ago, when you were a teenager, what were you thinking about? What were you doing? Was there a particular boy or girl you had a secret crush on? Did you want to tell your parents and did not know how? Or did someone cool ask you to the spring dance and you knew your parents would say no anyway, so you did not even bother to ask? How did that make you feel? How do you think your teenager feels today? It is normal for a teen to be interested in dating. The estrogen and testosterone levels in the teen's body have a major factor in this attraction. When teenagers start dating, they, have a, they take better care of themselves to look their best in front of their dating partners. They tackle both their physical appearance and their personality. When parents talk to their teens about dating, the individual is usually more open with their parent and not afraid to go to them about any problems they may face. Every individual matures, matures differently. At age 16, most, most teens may be mature enough to make rational and logical decisions. When parents allow their teen to date, they're able to guide them along and help them to make the right decisions concerning relationships. Think about it, if you can allow your teen to get behind the wheel of a car once they have their permit, then why can't you let them go out on a date? Also, if you can trust your teen enough to stay home with the two-year-old, then why shouldn't you allow them to go out? I mean, come on, if you trust them enough for that, the least you can do is let them go out on a chaperone date. Teen, teen dating does not have to be unchaperoned. Teen couples may go to youth group together, Bible study together, or they can even go to family gatherings together. When you're a teen and you begin to date, it helps to allow maturity within the parental boundaries. 
This often encourages the teen, and they tend to be happier. When they are helped and encouraged when dating, they are usually healthier and happier adults. While dating, teens may face many pressures and roadblocks, but it is better for these to occur when they are dating because they have the support of their parents and friends to fall back on and help them build into a better and more productive relationship. When parents shelter their teen too much, they end up down the wrong road, making the wrong decisions, and in some cases this may lead to death, serious injury, or or many other mistakes. Once teen dating has boundaries, there shouldn't be any problems or concerns about whether or not teens should date. If teens do not experience the challenges of relationships, meaning the ups and downs, how will they ever know what to do or when to do it? It has been said, experience is a teacher. Remember, you were a teen also. Give it up, Amber. All right, now, Dor- now Dorothy is going to present her, her case. All right, listen up. Marcus McTeer was a star running back at Regan High School in Austin, Texas. At 16, he was bright, popular, and dreamed of college until the spring day in March 2003. The popular athlete stabbed his girlfriend, a trolley Mosley, to death in a school hallway after she tried to break up with him. What had gone wrong? How did a team with so a teen with so much pent up rage escape the attention of adults, youth leaders, media team, fellow debaters, friends and acquaintances? Good night. Good night. According to the National Youth Violence Prevention Resource, Resource Center, recent statistics state that 60% of teens have experienced violence in a dating relationship. Dating violence can take many forms, including psychological and emotional abuse, physical abuse, and sexual abuse. A recent national survey taken by the NYVP among teens states that 4 out of 11 high school students say they have been physically hurt by their boyfriend or girlfriend in the past year. 1 out of 11 students reported that they had been forced into sexual intercourse. As high as 96% of the teens that took this survey report emotional and psychological abuse in their relationships. 15% of these teens reported to have resorted to self-harm, such as cutting, burning, starving, and binging. 10% spent time in rehabilitation centers for depression and post-breakup trauma. 4% are reported to be victims of date rape. Why do teens find the need to relate to violence towards a loved one? Why is it that these teens report to such drastic measures? Can teens really handle this love game? No, the fact of the matter is teens do not have the proper mental psych. Their young brains filled with raging hormones cannot handle a task such as dating seriously. Teens today are already busy enough with school, extra activities, chores, and having to study every night, not failing to mention projects of various proportions. Why should they have the added distraction of dating? When dating does occur, many teens tend to become possessive. One becomes too attached to the other and a loss of socialization skills occur as they are pulled away from friends. Talking to someone else can often lead to problems. These relationships are the ones that often end in violence, abuse, and sometimes death. An example of this is the book Stolen by Lucy Christopher, based on a true story which speaks of a teen who spent 12 years following a girl in his neighborhood. He was obsessed 
infatuated even with her. The teen drugged, kidnapped, and took her to Australia on a forged passport. She spent six months in the desert there with him in his shack. For three weeks, she didn't eat because in her mind, she would rather die than live with him in fear of, kill, in fear of him killing her one day. His reason for taking her? We're different. People don't understand us, but we, don't, but we understand each other. We can live here together forever. Don't you see the wrong in this? <laughs> Dating at such a young age also has many dangers toward teens. 86% of teens involved in relationships become engaged in early sexual activity, resulting in early pregnancy. These young 15, 16-year-olds with children, are they old enough or mature enough to care for a child? No, they believe their baby daddy will take care of them and the child. This is often not the case. They are left to choose between adoption and dropping out of school to raise the child. Sexually transmitted infections occur because of early sexual activity. According to Live It Up, young people under the age of 21 accounts for half of all new HIV infections worldwide. Many teens today are throwing away their virginity. One minute. What was once precious is being given away like free cheese at a supermarket. Where are the values and morals once taught by parents and elders? Lastly, teens reflect what they watch and listen to. Music lyrics such as, I'm educated in sex and now I want it bad by Lady Gaga and Can I Hit It in the Morning by rapper J. Cole promote sexual feelings in the youth today. Then we see the song, Love the Way You Lie by Rihanna featuring Eminem, where Eminem quotes, if she ever tries to leave the bed again, I'm attired to the bed and set the house on fire. And Rihanna simply replies, that's all right, because I love the way you lie. How can we expect <laughs> the values we teach the youth of today to stick when the media they see all over, see all over is teaching them something completely different? Ten seconds. Teens need to enjoy their youth while they can, instead of wasting it on others who do not have their best in mind. Okay. Um, we don't have time for me to ask questions, so I'm going to um, give you... If you're ready to rebut now, you can. If you need 30 seconds, let me know. So, Amr, do, are you are you ready to go now? Or no? Okay. So, okay, we'll we'll give you guys 30 seconds to gather your your thoughts, and then and then Amr will come up and and rebut. Um. Seconds. Ten seconds. <laughs> 
All right. In five, four, three, two, one. Amr is coming up to rebut Dorothy's presentation. All right. When Dorothy said about the percentage of teens that treat their partner bad, it shouldn't spoil it for the, for the rest that don't. Because once parents hear about those that treat their partners bad, then they want to put their child down and they thinking about their child might get hurt. And also, they're not made, teens are not made to date. So when they have a busy schedule, they're not forced to date someone. They should choose to date it so that doesn't make it bad for the, for the rest. Thank you. Okay. Amber also stated that estrogen is a major factor in teens today with dating, but it is not. But the hormones have not been fully developed yet in most teens, and at the age of 16, rational and logical decisions will not be made. Again, she state also stated staying at home with the child should not be like the same as going out, should be the same as going out. But staying home with a child cannot compare to going on a date with someone the parents may not know and going somewhere the parents may not even hear about. And parents sheltering children does not always result in death and problems. So, yeah. All right, thank you. All right. So, we'll hear your concession. When I call the name, you give a girl, yell, whatever thing. So who think, should teens date? Against Dorothy? So who's for Dorothy? Who's for Amber? Who's for Dorothy? And who's for Amber? Boy, that. Huh? You're voting. You're voting for the presentation. Who presented? Who 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 presented something more more persuading for you? Okay. So it was close. I'm gonna do it one time. Amber. All right. Dorothy. Amber. Okay. I, I I have to I have to consult with my leaders for quick
that we can lease up 20 minutes with small group after consulting with uh, my panel. Um, two things were observed. Although Amber referred to guys as it's, the crowd was slightly louder towards Amber, so Amber is the winner of this debate. However, this is not the last debate. There will be more to come, and I will let you know what topics are. So give a round of applause for all of our debaters bravely presenting their, 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 their cases. So Dorothy did a splendid job. Amber did as well. So thank you all.